AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Welcome to the rest stop. It's May 4th, 2021. It's a Tuesday. Brad Restituto with you, Spencer Ostrovsky, every Tuesday and Thursday, 9 to 10 o'clock Pacific time on twitch.tv slash Chris Landry Football. Also on my Twitter at Brad the Believer, Facebook Brad Restituto. And then we post the podcast on the YouTube page after the shows at Brad the Believer on YouTube. And we also have some other fun videos. I posted a reaction video to the 2021. NFL draft that just happened last week. And of course, the big talk in that draft, one of the most talked about drafts in over a decade, what the 49ers would do at number three. And that's what I wanted to react to since I've been talking about it for a little over a month now. So we'll get into some NBA draft. I'm sorry, NFL draft recap. Uh, How did our teams do? How did your teams do? Uh, What teams are looking to make a move after the draft as far as getting better and competing for one of those extra playoff spots as we're now in year two of the extra wildcard spot in each conferences in year one of the 17th game, the extra game in the regular season in the NFL. So we'll hit some NFL draft and NFL talk here in the off season, as we're hoping to put the pandemic in the rear view mirror, get back to sports as we're used to having normal here in Las Vegas where myself and Spencer are, we're targeting June 1st, less than a month now from now having hundred percent capacity here in the city, it looks like we'll still have the masks around, but hoping to at least have that optional uh, for the citizens of the state of Nevada and the country. And hopefully everyone's getting vaccinated and uh, doing all the things necessary to kind of put all this behind us. But sports are moving in full effect. We've got NBA coming down the home stretch. Of course, the Tuesday night TNT doubleheaders, the second half of the doubleheader with the Clippers and the Raptors going on right now. The first half had the Milwaukee Bucks beating the Brooklyn Nets. Harden and Kyrie were in the lineup tonight for Brooklyn. And Tittacupo, Middleton had a nice game, and they got the win. We'll talk about that. 
Uh, LeBron James may be sitting out some more time after just coming back from injury, talking about to the press how he hates the playing game. Every All the players, owners, they hate it. The fans love it. Uh, Spence, go ahead and jump on here. As we briefly talking NBA, uh, let's briefly talk about this play-in format in the NBA. What's the deal here? Why are the players against this? It's competition. It's it's absolutely amazing for the fans to watch. Get your ass out of the fifth seed if you don't want to play in it. And that you're one game out of the seventh seed, the seven eight. I'm sorry, it's seven eight nine ten. I believe Spence. It's four teams in the in the playoff structure. What is his gripe? Why does he hate this so much? Calling for the person to be fired who played it just because your team's one game out of it and you're not having all the breaks go your way this year. He's been injured. Anthony Davis injured. The Clippers are, are, I'm sorry, the Lakers are not catching the breaks they're accustomed to. And it's going to be a very, very tough uphill climb for the Lakers to repeat this year as champions. Yeah, and I think it's worth uh, playing LeBron's comments real quick to see what he thinks about this playing game as they are sliding. So listen to what LeBron James had to say. I think this was two nights ago after their loss to Toronto. Um, Well, it doesn't matter at the end of the day if I'm not – you know, 100% close to 100%, it don't matter, you know, where we land, you know. So, uh, you know, that's my mindset. And, um, you know, if this happens to uh, we end up at six or fifth or, or, or whatever the case may be, or if we end up in the, you know, the playoff, uh, whatever that thing is, wh- whoever came up with that uh, need to be fired. Um, but whatever. Um, you know, the first half, So these comments are really funny to me, right? Because who has complained about the play-in game that we know of so far, at least publicly? Luka Doncic, Mark Cuban, and now LeBron James. No one's complained about it so far into the season. And the fact that the Warriors-Pelicans game tonight meant a lot to a lot of people shows how great the play-in game is, by the way, because normally that would just be a throwaway at the end of the season that no one is talking about at all. Here's the thing. LeBron only cares because they are so close to the playing game. And Luka Doncic the same way because they're the seventh seed and suddenly it's a problem. It's not a problem. If you're good enough, just don't be there. I mean, that's part of the solution. Now, this is what I'll say. I think there is fair criticism when it comes to the playing game. And this is what I think is bad about it. You got a team uh, like the seventh and eighth seed are normally quite uh, separated from each other. Maybe not so much in record-wise, but skill-wise, I would say in any given year. Now, there's always exceptions to that. But the eighth seed is usually just right there. And normally, the eighth seed isn't that compelling. The Grizzlies were like one of the rarest exceptions ever by beating the Spurs. But I would say since then, we don't usually talk about the first round at all when it comes to first and eight. Now, they're making it really interesting because that team will have a storyline and they will have fought to be there. So no matter what happens in the first round, you can carry that through, and that's good for the consumer, I would say, as a basketball fan. Uh, Punishing the seventh seed so much seems like a problem, and this is the way I would do it, and I think this is the way they did it last year as well. This um, So seven's in, so the eighth seed just waits for nine and ten to play each other. Whoever plays that single elimination, then you play the eighth seed. Then I think you play a best of three with the eighth and whoever wins nine, ten. And all the uh, eight seed has to do is win one game out of the three and it's over. So it's really a best of two. You have to win two games to get in if you're one of those seeds. It makes it a little too easy, I think, as nine and 10 to get in. And I think that's the crux of the issue. But that's not what we're talking about here with Luka Doncic and LeBron James. They're just complaining because they don't want, they want the extra rest before the playoffs start. And LeBron James shouldn't be scared that they're going to lose those games. That would be massively embarrassing for a team with championship aspirations. 
if LeBron, like if his team is ready to make a finals run, they shouldn't need him in the starting lineup. He likes to complain about everything. LeBron drives me nuts. He's the most entertaining basketball player in the world, bar none to me. I will watch him play over every single night. He complains way too much, but off the court, he's becoming unbearable. And I also think this is the issue of why LeBron is this unbearable. This is a this is a conspiracy theory as far as I'm concerned. But think about it. LeBron has been a massive celebrity since high school. Like People have probably done anything for him to get within his friendship circle. And I think as he grew up, like, you know, maybe some people said, no, you can't do this. You shouldn't say that. But as he's gained popularity and power, I think less and less people are starting to get around him to get in his ear. If you and I did something ridiculous or I said something so crazy next to you, you'd probably tell me to knock it off, you knucklehead. I don't think LeBron has anybody in his ear doing that for him anymore. I think he's really out there on an island right now, just kind of saying whatever. And he has so many yes men around him that no one's like, LeBron, dude, what are you talking about? You just called for somebody to be fired in the front office in the middle of a pandemic where people can't really are having a hard time living. Now, I'm sure whoever got fired, he probably I'm not saying he is going to be fired, but I'm still when you're asking for someone's job, especially right now, you have to think more about that. He'll probably never apologize for that, or maybe it'll be some sort of stupid tweet. But LeBron's got to get it together here soon because it feels like his reputation is just rescinding as the days go on. I agree with you, Spence. I agree that he's spending a lot of time chattering and a lot less time playing and showing it on the court. I personally don't think he's really got anything left to prove in basketball. He's a multi-time champion. He's got 10, 15-plus years at the top of his game, MVP. He's done everything in the league. Does he still want to play for legacy and be in that conversation with Michael Jordan as the best ever? Absolutely. If he stopped playing today and never played another game in his entire life, would he still be considered by most in the top two or top three ever to play? I think yes. So LeBron James certainly has other interests. He's an entrepreneur. He's a businessman that has so many entities in media and film uh, all over the landscape, Spence. Okay, he doesn't need basketball anymore. He's going to be a multi-billionaire in the next few years. We've talked about it on this show that I compare him to the likes of Oprah Winfrey, Bill Gates, uh, Tesla, um, not Tesla, the guy that, that runs Tesla, uh, he, the SpaceX guy. Why is his name uh, flipping oh, my Oh, Elon Musk? Elon Musk. Yeah, I mean, LeBron's up there as far as global icons. He is up there, Jay-Z, and he's only ascending further, Spence. So, like, why he wants to continue to pick fights on Twitter with cops and stuff like this, calling for people's jobs, even though, you know, you can take it tongue-in-cheek with what he said. The point is, is like I said, the things aren't lining up exactly as the Lakers had anticipated, and the breaks aren't going their way this year. With Davis's injury, with his injury, and they're going to have to scrap to even get in the playoffs, Spence, because if the Wizards, I'm not the Wizards, if the Warriors are full strength, nobody wants to see Steph Curry in that 7, 8, 9, 10 game and Draymond Green, their chemistry, and a couple other guys of Oubre can knock down a couple shots and they can get um, Eric, uh, Eric Pascal going, getting him healthy, Jordan Poole, um, you know, some other guys on that roster can make shots and can score. Uh, and they're not even at full strength. Nobody wants to play the Warriors, even though they fell tonight. LeBron doesn't want to because they could get shot out of the building in one quarter by Curry. The Warriors could also get blown out. We've seen that as well. But it's so much more risk, Spence. You talked about 7, 8, 9, 10. In years past, it's like not even competitive. But we got a team in the in the Eastern Conference and the Washington Wizards that I can promise you nobody wants to face. 
as Russell Westbrook is putting up ungodly historic numbers. Only He's the only player ever to have multiple 20-rebound, 20-assist games as they beat the Pacers by scoring 152 points the other night. And Westbrook seems to be finally finding his groove with the Wizards as he's bounced from multiple teams over the last handful of years. With him and the combination of Bradley Beal, it seems like Scott Brooks, the coach, is starting to, to coach better than the first half of the year. And this Wizards team has a lot more confidence than before. And if Westbrook can do what he's doing statistically, and it can equate to wins, and it can equate to affecting both ends of the floor, the Wizards are very dangerous. And I would not want to play them. We've talked about, Spence, so many times how dangerous Russell Westbrook can be if he utilizes that elite athleticism, which he seems to be doing. He definitely has a, uh, a, a, a great basketball IQ. And we know he's not the most consistent of jump shooter, but the guy is a freak athletically, and we know he can fill up the stat sheet. It's just a matter of his shot selection and is he affecting play on both ends of the floor. Bradley Beal can score with the best of them. They got some nice young talent in Washington, but these numbers have never been duplicated, Spence. Uh, This is insane. Give me your thoughts on some of these stat lines. 20 rebounds, 20 assists, triple doubles. Uh, This guy – probably more likely than not will have the record of triple doubles in history, the NBA history. And you could say what you want about him. We've been hard on him. A lot of media pundits nationally have been very hard on him, but he's getting the job done. And if the Wizards find themselves winning a few playoff series and, and taking every team, including the top few seeds to the limit, I mean, we're going to be looking at the Wizards as a team that, that may be on the rise next year. No, without a doubt. And there's a lot of things about this stat line. Like, first of all, it is extremely impressive. No one has ever done it except for him and Wilt Chamberlain. So he joins himself in that list of elite players, which so many few will ever do. The second part of it is that stats just don't mean as much anymore. Everybody's scoring 30 tonight. Everybody's scoring 40. Like having a 50-point game is pretty much the same thing as having a 30-point game or a 35-point game back in the day. So it is kind of hard to gauge on that level. but what I think is important here is the fact that they are winning. I don't think he necessarily cares. And I can't say that I've watched every Wizards game throughout the season, but I have been watching them as of recent because they have been on the rise. And I think they're an extremely uh, fun basketball team to watch. He's playing with more purpose. He's more engaged than I think he's ever been in his entire career on defense. And it's turning directly in the offense. The steals, when he's on the open court, I say, I think the only more dangerous player is Giannis Tentacumbo because he's like literally unguardable. Other than that, Russell will either drive because he's extremely athletic or he'll find the pass because he's so good. What they're actually what they're doing now, and I don't know if they were doing this at the beginning of the season, when they catch the often the defensive rebound, they look directly to Westbrook. They identify where he is on the court first, and he's usually on one of those outlets on the left or right hand side of the court, or I guess sometimes down the middle. But his that's our number one objective. Find him and he'll sort it out. I think he's getting less involved in the half court, which does them very well. Bradley Beal and all the other shooters around them should be touching the ball because he's just not as effective. With the 10-20-20 stat line, they scored 150 points, so he was barely involved scoring-wise himself in that huge stat line. Again, so when you hear like 150 points in regulation, it's kind of like, is it even, does it really mean anything when you score that many points? Because that was just, that just never happened back in the day. And I think that's a lot of, that's why a lot of people are driven away from the game of basketball, but that's a completely different discussion. All like to bring my point home, 
when Stephen A. Smith made his comments about him having empty stats, I think it really resonated with him. And he came out and was all like hooey dooey about it and like basically didn't even listen to the comments. But I think it has motivated him. And I think he's playing with a lot more purpose and he's playing for his teammates rather than his own stat line uh, this far into the season. And again, other than the, well, the horn is not now because they're so injured. I think the Wizards might actually be the most entertaining basketball team in the league to watch right now. That's Spencer the Wiz. Follow him on Twitter at Spencer the Wiz. Spence, Washington has won 13 out of 16. And their three losses, a one-point loss to Dallas on Saturday, May 1st, an overtime loss to San Antonio, as that were their, was their third game in four nights, and then an April 10th loss to Phoenix. They've won 13 out of 16. It's, it's very impressive. We talked about Westbrook's incredible numbers. The team's playing very hot. So we're talking 15 out of 16 if they didn't have the overtime loss to San Antonio and the one-point loss to Dallas. It's quite impressive. Um, and like we said, you do not want to face the Washington Wizards come playoff, playoff time because they're dangerous and they're explosive and they are a hassle when Westbrook is pushing the ball up the floor and Beal is scoring like he can score, they've got nice pieces there. You talked about some of their their young pieces also. This Washington team is very fun to watch. 152 points against the Pacers. The Pacers, they'll be lucky to find themselves in one of those playing games uh, the way that they've been playing over the last month. Uh, I'll give a look to the standings here in uh, the NBA and and see what we're looking at here. Uh, But certainly – the Wizards are climbing very rapidly. Uh, let's give a quick check out to the standings in the Eastern Conference. I have it here. The Celtics are are a seven seed. The Heat have overtaken them. Celtics at seven, Hornets at eight, Pacers at nine, and Wizards at ten. But the Wizards only half a game behind the Pacers in the loss column, sixty five. So we've got what seven games left to go. Uh, the Wizards will overtake the Pacers, certainly. And the Raptors have an outside shot. They're playing very depleted. They're on the second half of the TNT doubleheader tonight against the Clippers, playing very tough. But they're only three games out of the the ninth seed, 10th seed with the Wizards and Pacers. So the Raptors aren't out of it yet. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Raptors overtake the Pacers and the Pacers play themselves out of it. I think Washington will have a firm grasp as they continue to win. Like I said, uh, 13 out of 16, very impressive. Uh, Spence, let's talk about one more team. Very impressive in the Eastern Conference, and who the hell would have thought it? 12 out of 13, the New York Knicks are a four seed in the Eastern Conference. In their last 10, 9 and 1, we talked about it, 12 out of 13. Are you kidding me with the New York Knicks, Spence? This is insane. Tom Thibodeau and almost a nameless roster, a couple guys, all-star, all-NBA probably this year, Julius Randle, their first Round pick, Obi Toppin, almost non-existent. R.J. Barrett, these are the two names and the faces of this New York Knicks team. Derrick Rose, what an acquisition by Thibodeau as he's playing fantastic basketball. Talk about the Knicks, Spence. 12 out of 13, a four seed in the East. New York fans has got to be fired up about their Knicks comfortably making the playoffs this year. And we're talking about maybe a 4-5 or five matchup against the Hawks. I like the Knicks. Oh, yeah, and that matchup specifically. And the one thing I want to talk about, actually, before we go, I go into what makes the Knicks so special is imagine if the Pelicans had had the wherewithal to hire Tom Thibodeau oh, when he wow. was a free agent. The Pelicans would, what, be the first seed in the West? That's probably a bit of an exaggeration. But, I mean, him having the availability of those guys and teaching them how to play defense would change the way that I think would change the league. 
I think he's uh, that talented. I think he's able to connect with people that much. Now, you would say the biggest issue with him being on the Pelicans would probably be destroying Zion Williams' knees because the guy is like probably overweight and he jumps so high and it's just bound to happen, which is scary to think about. We know how many minutes he plays, but that's uh, not here nor there. It doesn't exist. It's just interesting to think about. But the New York Knicks, I mean, they have a bunch of guys who are scrappy, but it's like the whole team from like first to 11th. Normally teams have like one guy like that, like PJ Tucker or uh, Pat Beverly. No, like the Knicks, like Reggie Bullock does that. Nerlens Noel does that. Even Julius Randle, RJ Barrett, we know gets in there. Alfred Payton. All these guys are willing to jump on the floor to make these big plays. And it's really a throwback. I mean, they, they regularly allow less than 100 points in a game. And now we're in the NBA where 130 to 124 is a pretty regular stat line, or at least there's one per night. Um, again, like you look at one, two, three, right? You have the 76ers, the Brooklyn Nets, and the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay, like those are probably going to be the dominant teams that you would expect to make a deep run. First of all, what I'll say is none of those teams have proved anything at all Like in the past like three years. The Milwaukee Bucks certainly have been disappointed. They lost to the Miami Heat last year. The Brooklyn Nets just aren't healthy. They lost twice to the Milwaukee Bucks. And the 76ers, I guess you could say, we're like one bounce away from going deep into the playoffs. But again, none of them have finals experience. And that's what you saw out of the heat last year. I'm not saying the Knicks are going to make a run to the finals, but I don't think it's like so crazy out of the question. I, I can tell you right now, the Brooklyn Nets don't want to play the Knicks. How scrappy they are. They want to play run and gun the whole way and uh, out shoot you out of the gym, but they're going to slow the game down that much. Now, I don't think they have a great matchup against the 76ers or, or the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, that would probably be like the worst ones. I think they'd actually rather see the Brooklyn Nets, uh, especially if James Harden, who knows when he's going to come back. But outside of that, the East is nothing. The Miami Heat are shell of what they were last year. And I think they've essentially just been figured out. Atlanta Hawks are way too young. They don't even know what they're doing. They just got a great coach kind of leading them. And then the Hornets, I guess you could say the Wizards, but I don't think they would even end up playing them for the most part. So go Knicks. The NBA is better when the Knicks are playing well. And that's a fact. And that's proven. They're kind of carrying this season where a lot of people are leaving the game because of how ridiculous it's giving with the whole foul calling and the scoring. Yeah. And, and Spence, to stay on the Eastern Conference real quick, LaMelo Ball's back in action for the Hornets. Hornets got a win tonight. So glad to see this kid back on the floor. Hopefully being able to down the stretch, solidify the rookie of the year and get the Hornets into the playoffs, and, and that'll be fun to watch. A lot of great storylines, Spence, with the Wizards, the Hornets, some fun basketball to watch. The Knicks finally back in the playoffs. It's going to be so exciting to watch, Spence. And you go to the Western Conference, and Spence, pat me on the back a little bit, my friend, that the Phoenix Suns currently sitting at top the Western Conference, tied for the one seed. Uh, that was my Chris Paul trade, but I, I get you. Regardless, I talked no, about them after after their run, and you weren't completely on board. But they are. We don't know what they'll do in the playoffs, but I certainly think the Western Conference may be more wide open than we ever anticipated. With the Clippers not playing their best basketball, they're going to have a very tough first round matchup of the standings stay this way, and they go four or five against Dallas. Uh, the Phoenix Suns. They're not going to be out of the water with the 1-8 seed, regardless of who the 8 seed is. But Phoenix is still playing really good basketball, Spence. Really, I think this, this year could be wide open with these injuries. It really could be wide open. So let me ask you this question. I'll, I want to ask you this one first, Spence, and, and maybe I'll give you a minute to think about it. 
out of all the teams fighting one through 10, Western Conference, Eastern Conference, I want you to think about it unless you have an answer off the top of your head, which one of these NBA teams is the biggest fraud? The biggest fraud, maybe a top seed, good record, or just a lot of hype, but is absolutely going to flame out come playoff time. I'll give you a minute to think about that. Um, I'm going to, I've changed my tune quite a bit. My biggest fraud is going to be the Lakers, Spence. I'm going to go Lakers. I'm going to say all the talk with LeBron, not 100%. Anthony Davis, not 100%. I'm hoping and rooting that the Lakers have to play in one of the play-in games and they don't even make it past the play-in game. I'm going to go Lakers as my biggest fraud. Spence? I'll keep it in the same city as you, but I'll go on the other side here. I'm going to go the Clippers. You you have a coach in Ty Lue who I don't respect at all. I don't think he's a very good basketball coach. I think he understands player relationships, and that's why you haven't heard any problems outside of Montrez Harrell, who basically commented that they're not really trying. They don't really get it. They're not much of a team. It's not about heart for them. It's about teaming up with your buddy, Kawhi and PG, and going out there and doing your thing. That's not how the NBA works. They're way over-reliant on the three-point shot. And as I say this, I have a ticket for them from a long time ago saying that they'd be in the finals this year. But the more I watch them, the, the less I'm attracted by the way they play basketball. Kawhi chucks up shot. PG does the same. And the thing with Paul George especially is I don't think he gets it. I think he knows he's one of the most talented players in the NBA, but he's short on whatever it is I don't know, energy or – the, the desire to even like go far beyond he's kind of had that issue going all the way back to Indiana. And I think when you, when everything gets handed to you, you go to the thunder and you feel embarrassed because they rely on you a lot more and and you're terrible. You call yourself playoff P and you fall flat on your face. Then you kind of like, let me ride the coat ways of Kawhi Leonard. And he struggles at time. And the kin, I don't think he realizes how much the Clippers need them. Also, their roster, I think, is just a mess. They have two point guards or three point guards and like six forwards and one center. I don't think that's conducive to making a deep run. They got dogged last year by uh, Jokic. And who doesn't? But you can also see like Anthony Davis would have definitely have dominated them. They had a whole offseason to kind of address these issues. And when they didn't, like it's only going to get worse for them. Now, they don't have to worry about the Nuggets this year. And you know, the Lakers also have had their massive struggles and Dennis Schroeder just entered the safety uh, protocol. So he'll be out for 10 to 14 days. I think starting yesterday is when that went down. Uh, so it really is anyone's game in either conference because no one seems to be able to stay healthy. And I put a lot of that onus on Adam Silver. Why do we have to finish the season at this date? Extend the season out. Don't have any back-to-backs this year. These guys are exhausted. They played a lot of these playoff teams played very soon after the bubble ended. And I think that's why you're seeing this, that or guys are just giving up. I don't know what it is, but we've seen more injuries this year than I think ever before. And a lot of that has to do with the short turnaround. And it's going to hopefully doesn't affect the playoffs. It's all as we consumers can hope. But clearly it looks like it's going to in some capacity. That's Spencer Ostrowski. Follow him on Twitter at Spencer the Wiz. Spence, um, we, we talked about the Clippers. They're your could be your biggest fraud. What I'm showing here, the Raptors are up on the Clippers 94-93, the second game in the TNT doubleheader. Toronto playing with kind of a skeleton crew, a lot of backups, a lot of guys hurt on that roster, still playing tough basketball. Spence, I'm going to ask you one more question I'll give you with the NBA, and I'll give you a second to think about it. What team out of 1-10 through on both sides has the most to prove? Which team to you has the most to prove in this NBA playoffs. I think I know where your head might be at. I'm going to tell you mine. 
Mine is the Philadelphia 76ers. They're the top seed in the Eastern Conference. They're bounce away a couple years ago from going to the finals in the East. New head coach Doc Rivers, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons. We talked about before the season, can these guys mesh? Will they move on? Embiid, when healthy, has put together an MVP-type performance this year. I think everything's in place for the Sixers to make a run, and I think they've got to make a deep run. I think they've got the most to prove, or we're going to be talking about will they ever get over the hump? Why not this year for the Sixers? Because the Nets are going to be better next year. Uh, the Bucks, we don't know. I know that could be in your discussion for who's got the most to prove, but for me, it's the Sixers. Doc Rivers was let go by the Clippers. He's got tons to prove. He's got a lot to prove with this lineup. Harris, Simmons, Embiid, for me, it's the Clippers, Spence. I think that, yeah, I think the easy answer for me would be to say the Bucks, but I'm going to take it somewhere else. I'm actually going to say the Brooklyn Nets have the most to prove. They've kind of had this team together. They had a very strong core. You got Karis LeVert and Jared Allen who are still playing very well on their respective teams as of right now. Karis LeVert especially has been amazing. So you get Kyrie, you get Kevin Durant, then you hire a coach. Kyrie comes out and says, oh, we don't really need a head coach, blah, 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 blah. And it's, it's a bit of a showtime over there. He leaves the team for whatever amount of reasons. James Harden gets injured. Kevin Durant stays injured. Look, they made this team to win a championship this year. Let's not you know, sugarcoat this and act like they're the Clippers who say, oh, we'll get them next year. We're just figuring things out. No, you traded the entire future of your franchise very similar to the way you did with Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett all that time ago. It's this year and next year they need to win a championship. I think if they only win one, this is a complete – well, it's hard to say that's a complete failure, but I think they have that expectation. And to say that they might just you know, have a chance this year, no, they should be – they are the favorites to win the finals. And the Brooklyn Nets have gone from like nothing to everything in one season. So all eyes will be on them. It's on James – especially – you're talking about three guys who people have had massive criticisms. Kyrie couldn't do it without LeBron. Kevin Durant couldn't do it without Steph Curry. And then you have James Harden, who couldn't do it with Chris Paul, who has now brought the Suns to the first seed in the East. And you could argue pretty much that that Houston Rockets team that year was if as good, if not better, than the team now. So they cannot afford to do to do anything but lose in the finals. If they like get blown out by Milwaukee like in five games or something like that, then you're talking about maybe a cloud of – cataclysmic breakdown and talking about the firing of Steve Nash. I mean, Kevin Durant, KD, like they're all just like airheads where anything that they feel disrespects them, they will go off. And I could see them imploding upon each other and not wanting to play. Uh, you know, I think even Kyrie and Kevin Durant have had a few uh, like knocking heads. It hasn't been as public. They've been a little bit of whispers, but we know it doesn't take a lot to set either of these guys off. Kevin Durant had a burner account. For, for Lord's sake, uh, early defending himself on Twitter back in his OKC days. And I don't think he's changed much since then. I think he's still the same kind of guy. And we also know that Kyrie doesn't view basketball as the most important thing in his life. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but when you look historically, you look at the Kobe and Shaq, the reason that they fell apart, despite being the best tandem in the NBA, is because Kobe Bryant cared nothing about everything. And basketball was his everything, I mean to say. And Shaq was more into being a celebrity and he was dominant. And you're seeing a lot of that here. So James Harden, Kyrie, and Kevin Durant better be healthy come playoff time, and they better be ready to make a deep run in the postseason. 
Spence, let's go over tonight's scores on the hardwood. And if we have a few highlights, we'll get to those. And then we'll get to the NFL draft recap and talk about uh, some of our favorite picks, teams, and some surprises from the draft. Let's get the scores from tonight. The first game of the TNT doubleheader had the Brooklyn Nets in Milwaukee to take on the Bucks. Milwaukee was a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, it closed that. The Bucks get the win, get the cover, 124-118, and just goes under the total of 242.5. The bookmakers right on point. You talked about the playoff indications in this game, spent the Golden State Warriors at the Smoothie King Center taking on the Pelicans. Pelicans get the win, 108-103, and they cover the line as two-point favorites. The Dallas Mavericks were a road one-point dog tonight. They get the road win, 127-113 over the Miami Heat. LaMelo Ball back in action, 22 points for the Hornets. The Hornets get the win, and they do not cover 102.99 in Detroit against the Pistons. And we talked about the TNT doubleheader, the Raptors at Staples Center taking on the Clippers. The Clippers, a 11-point favorite, and it looks like they're going to close it out. They made a nice little late run here. They were down three with two minutes left, and now it looks like they're up 105-100 with five seconds left. So they made a late run there. And it looks like they're going to barely hold off the Raptors. So a nice finish uh, by the Clippers there. And then one more final from tonight in overtime. The Phoenix Suns get the win and cover over the Cleveland Cavaliers, 134-118. Outscoring Cleveland 20-4 to in overtime. And they cover the 12.5 points. Spence, do we have any highlights from tonight's NBA action? Yeah, and we'll start with Lonzo Ball, who I got to give you credit for. You're all over him. I knew he was like an extremely gifted passer, one of the best defenders in the NBA. But – his scoring ability is just Spence, elevating to that. Spence, more credit. I mean, can we name somebody I was wrong about? Can you think of anybody uh, <laughs> besides well, Mitch? Have, besides Mitch? To, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Your Mitch Trubisky train. I think I think it's so bad it knocks you down like to the no, score about an even how, level. How many how, my hit home runs on, Spence? <laughs> Let's give me that some love. So, so bad. I mean, this guy's <laughs> going to be at the NFL in a couple of years. So we'll start Lonzo uh, in clutch time shot, too. Look at this fadeaway. He'll come off the pick. Trying to get there. Step back, Lonzo. And there a lead. You, you put those two one hundred. Put those two in the pick and roll. Put those two in the pick and roll and force Kent Bazemore to chase him over the top. That's smart. <laughs> that was uh, Antonio Daniels. I think his name is. He does a really funny show with uh, someone on SiriusXM Channel eighty six. It's funny to hear his voice. Uh, but yeah. Spence, can we play the highlight one more time? That's Lonzo with under thirty seconds left. Let's see. I want to see that one more time. He'll come off the pick. Trying to get there. Step back, Lonzo. And there a lead. You, you put those two one hundred. Put those two in the pick and roll. Put those two in the pick and roll and force Kent Bazemore to chase him over the top. That's smart. Spence, hopefully we see a run out of the Pelicans here. They're only one and a half games out of that ten play-in spot in the West. We all want to see Zion, a healthy Lonzo, and Brandon Ingram have a chance to compete for the playoffs. Lonzo, when healthy, has been great this year. Should be in the conversation for most improved, along with a plethora of other guys who have had a great year. Great, great job by Lonzo. Congrats for him in a contract year, so to speak. Did not sign the extension, has improved his game dramatically. Hats off to the guy. He's worked hard, and he's playing really good basketball and maybe have an opportunity to sneak into one of the playoff play-in games in the Western Conference. No doubt. I mean, they just are so inconsistent. It's so hard to understand like what they're going to yeah. do. And it, it, it all comes down to the fact that they're the fourth worst team in the defensively in the entire NBA. That does not bode well for you to make the playoffs. And I'm looking at the end of their schedule here. 
It looks like they play the 76ers, the Hornets, Grizzlies, Mavericks, Warriors, and Lakers. So they're going to have every opportunity playing all those teams that are seated in front of them yeah. a lot of the times here at the end. And I'll tell you this, because I also heard about this on Sirius XM Radio. Didn't know about the end of the Spurs schedule and the Grizzlies, you could say, pretty similarly. But take a look at who the, the uh, Spurs have to play here at the end. And they're trying to hang on to one of these playoff seedings. The Jazz... The Trailblazers, the Bucks, the Nets, the Knicks, the Suns, and the Suns again to end the season. I mean, if they can come out of the playoffs after that, I, I would be very impressed. So I, I know the Pelicans have a lot of makeup work to do, but we're talking about the Spurs missing, losing probably over half of those games. Those are some of the best teams in the league. And I guess you could say, like, towards the end of the season, if they don't care about seeding, maybe not in the East, but in the West, like, they won't play players as much because there's more separation there. I'm not sure, but the Pelicans definitely have a clear path to the playoffs they just have to win the games and that's been the issue for them all season long as simple as it sounds Uh, so we can yeah continue if you got some more from the nba yeah definitely and uh the dallas mavericks silently kind of one of those teams that was floating around waiting for Porzingis to come back i think they've just moved on from him mentally they don't really care if he's there or not and tim hardaway has had quite the second half of the season i gotta say tonight he hit 10 threes here is the 10th one Nico Melli over to Brunson, corner three, upstairs, pal, yeah, love his game tonight, oh, here's Hardaway, number 10, number 10! I told you, he's going to tie or break it. The uh, Miami Heat isn't the, like the greatest one in the world, but you know, they are a playoff team that they made a, a little bit of a surge as of recent, and... It's just crazy the effect that Luka Doncic has on basketball teams. Talking about elevating the players around you. If any other star wasn't like if Trey Young was on the Dallas Mavericks, they'd be like the worst team in the league. They're just like so devoid of talent. They're against the cap. Horrible GM situation over there in Dallas. But he just finds a way to make it work. And I have no idea how he does it. Uh, You mentioned earlier tonight LaMelo Ball is back. And he, he sure is. And it is against the Pistons. But take a look here at the end of the game during clutch time. LaMelo making an impact. I love the way this guy plays the game. Look at LaMelo Ball on oh, the play of the night, and he did it defensively. Big Daniels catches it in. Spence, yeah, that, was an, that was an incredible play. Let's play that one more time. Look at LaMelo Ball on oh, the play of the night, and he did it defensively. Big Daniels catches it in. Are you kidding yeah. me? That was awesome. That was outstanding by LaMelo. What a yeah, fantastic and- play. The great thing is that they've been they've had so many guys in and out of the lineup this year. The fact that they even hold a playoff spot to me is a testament to their head coach. Mikhail Bridges is now out for safety. Uh, Devontae Graham has been in and out of the lineup for injuries, like seems like for the past month. And then Gordon Hayward is you know injury prone all the time. And they've just found a way to put whoever they have available that night. And it's been a little inconsistent. That's understandable because of the reasons I just listed. But they find a way to win scrappy games. And right now they're in the eighth seed. We'll see if they can keep one of those spots, but impressive nonetheless. Uh, all right, Spence, here I go again, okay? You you doubted me. You told me I was crazy with Lonzo Ball. You told Yes, don't don't act like you didn't tell me I was crazy when I said that he should have been most improved coming He's in a couple years improved. ago. No, but I, I told you that he was a real deal. He's showing it this year. You told me I was crazy with the Suns. They're a one seed. Uh, you told me with the Not Steelers. Fair. You told me with the Steelers that I was no, that's, that's also not. True. You know, you said they were right. the best defense. They, covered, they were one of the best teams against the spread last season. That's an objective truth. I never said I believed in them in the playoffs. Well, you, let, you're let you're me, just throwing it out there now. Let me continue, okay? Because I'm going to give you this prediction, okay? If it comes true, 
LeVar Ball, if he gets his his boys together on the same team, which I think is still a possibility, LaMelo, Lonzo, I don't know about Jello, but I, I want to throw him in there because I think what LeVar is saying has some legs. Get these guys on the same team. We see how wide open the NBA seems to be this year. And if these guys stay healthy, you add a couple of good pieces, I am a believer that they will make some noise. I would love to see it happen, not in Charlotte, but in New Orleans. I would love to see the Ball Brothers with Zion. Come on. Come I mean, on. Would, I, I to Charlotte. I'm glad we don't have anybody from Charlotte. I mean, you probably get death threats for saying something like I, that. I, I know, but, I mean, Charlotte's doing this this year, Spence. You just talked about it. In and out of the lineup, everybody, how the hell are they winning? You've got the Martin Brothers playing – uh, substantial minutes for Charlotte. Zeller, I think, has, has been hurt. I mean, Bridges is out a couple games. Man, the Hornets are doing this with nobody, and it's crazy. And LaMelo is getting better, Spence. We're talking about no preseason. Oh, I love him. Just missed a couple months, and he's coming out and picking up right where he left off. It's awesome to watch. I love the NBA. I don't care what anybody says. It's so freaking exciting to watch. I know people – you know, wish there wasn't so many threes, this and that, but the star power, man, it is just outstanding to watch. And when you watch a guy and guys that have been scrutinized, the ball family has been scrutinized publicly because of LeVar to see these guys play at an elite level is so awesome to me. And I would love to see them play together and see what kind of magic they can make. And, and Lonzo has not signed or given any implication. He's going anywhere. That shows to me that there is a real shot that he could be playing with his brother. And especially if you're Michael Jordan, if you're the Hornets front office and you look at a possibility of, of LaMelo pretty much carrying you, what if they win a playoff series, Spence? Nobody's expecting that. And and LaMelo is one of the, the, the leading horses in that charge. Uh, I mean, you've got to at least test the waters of that possibility of having them on the floor together. Uh, yeah, sure, I guess. That sounds more like fan fiction, but I guess the NBA is at this point. Look, the NBA has to get this under control. We shouldn't be able to have this conversation. I'm not saying it's your fault. It's the reality. Like, that's how the NBA is these days. What they need to do is this. They need to lower the cap space for each team. Don't prorate any salaries. You don't have to go crazy. It shouldn't be physically possible for Kyrie, Kevin Durant, and James Harden to be on the same team, like, cap-wise. It just shouldn't – you shouldn't be allowed to do that, like, through the structure of it. And because it is, like, that's this is why you have super teams. And also – Get rid of the Supermax deal. It's one of the worst things that's ever happened to the NBA. It's ruining franchises that have to like pay overpay players to stay there, like Damian Lillard, like Stephen Curry. Uh, so I think that's part of the issue. You also have to bring a little bit of defense back because I, I agree with you. I think this is the most talented the NBA has ever been, like player to player wise. Like the average player is so much better than it was uh, way back in the day, which is a great thing. It's what makes a lot of these plays exciting. But if you don't allow players to defend the ball, and I'm getting a little off topic, but I, I talked about this with my buddy tonight because I love the game of basketball. I do not miss a day where I'm either listening on the radio or I'm watching the primetime game because I love the game that much. If you can just allow that, you would have unprecedented wealth in the NBA. There's also other issues like TV deals, I feel like. But, yeah, I mean, how can you not want to watch the NBA? If you, it's just tough to try to convince other people to do it right now. Spencer Ostrowski, follow him on Twitter at Spencer the Wiz. If you miss any part of the show, watch the audio podcast version of the show 
on any of the podcasting platforms. Landry Football Conference Call, the rest stop will be underneath there. Twitch.tv slash Chris Landry Football to watch us live every Tuesday and Thursday. Show us your support. Give us coins. Give us money. Give us anything. Likes and subscribes on the Twitch channel. That'd be fantastic. Um, And also subscribe and like the YouTube page, Brad the Believer. We're going to post some new stuff as the year goes on. Hopefully some exciting stuff. As uh, we get going more into 2021, we're almost halfway through the year, Spence. We're already in the first week of May. It's insane. Um, as we transition, Spence, over to the NFL, a little over a week ago, the 2021 draft, the most talked about draft in a long time, a lot of action. And one of the storylines that took over the draft before the picks were even started is Aaron Rodgers, the current MVP of the National Football League, the Green Bay Packers Super Bowl winning quarterback and starter for well over a decade is upset in Green Bay, wants the GM Gutenhurst out, wants uh, wants to be traded, contemplating retirement. Insane news. Uh, some guys on Twitter, Mark Schler, talked about almost a done deal with the Denver Broncos. Just craziness. The Niners called Green Bay, offered their third overall pick. No biting from Green Bay. Uh, this, is, this is wild stuff because if you really look at it from Green Bay's perspective, yes, you had – uh, an MVP last year, you went to the NFC title game. You did not beat the Bucks to go to the Super Bowl. How much longer, though, are you willing to hang on when Aaron Rodgers' draft capital may be his value may be at its highest right now as compared to when he really sees the door as a more viable option? Uh, should the Packers be willing to take phone calls from teams? And if you're a team, Spence, what are you willing to give up to get a 37-year-old current MVP quarterback? We know – what his ceiling could be, uh, are, are people scared that he may be falling off? I am not one of those people. If I'm your Las Vegas Raiders, Spence, if I'm the Denver no. Broncos, I know you say no, but I'm saying Lost yes. Your mind. I'm saying yes. You give up whatever you can and bring Aaron Rodgers in. He immediately makes any team in the Super Bowl discussion and a Super Bowl contender. Well, what is an 8-8 eight and eight season worth for the Raiders at giving up half of their draft capital in the future just to get him? It's meaningless. Uh, talking about the Raiders specifically, if you don't have a defense, don't even bother. Don't worry about Russell Wilson. Don't worry about Aaron Rodgers. Worry about having a team to take the field that you can have respectable in front of the fans in Las Vegas. This team is going to get decimated next year. And the fact that Trayvon uh, Morig is the Raiders' best safety since Charles Woodson, and he hasn't even touched the field, is a complete embarrassment and failure on this franchise. They have no starting caliber defensive tackles, no starting caliber cornerbacks, one starting caliber safety now, thank goodness, and I like Carl Joseph as well. What I'm saying is Aaron Rodgers, sure, would get a a few more wins out of the Raiders, but who cares, man? I don't want to lose in the first round of the playoffs. I have no idea why he's willing to go there. He must like John Gruden because he was on one of the list of like three teams. One of them was the 49ers, but of course that's not going to happen anymore. Or maybe it does. Maybe they trade Trey Lance and get Aaron Rodgers. That would just be absolutely bananas. Uh, So there's very few teams that I think this would be worth. And I really think that Green Bay is absolutely crazy for not willing to accept the third overall pick during that draft a little bit ago. I don't believe that they've done enough this offseason to get them further beyond to go to the playoffs, to go to the Super Bowl. Tampa Bay brought back all of their starters. And you got to believe they're going to be as good, if not better, with a full year together. Sounds a bit of a makeshift team for the most part. That was Tom Brady's first year there. <coughs> Excuse me. So if you can get like 
I mean, this is unprecedented what they were asked, like what the 49ers offered to the Green Bay Packers for someone who's 37 years old. Now I get that Tom Brady just did one during his late age, but who who else is going to be like Tom Brady? It could be Aaron Rodgers, but the fact that it could not be as well, and you're asking about potentially having setting yourself up for the future after you just traded up for a quarterback in the first round, by the way, you can't ask for anything better than that. If he has even a slightly off year, you will have failed completely as the Green Bay general manager. And they don't even like him. He doesn't even want to return. So if he doesn't want to play for your franchise and you're willing, you can still get like whatever you want for him. Why not pull that trigger? I really don't actually understand the situation at all. I know Green Bay Packer fans are all super upset about it, but come on, like look, look at this from a modern sensibility part. Those are the same people who want Aaron Rodgers on the Raiders. They're absolutely nuts in my opinion. And Spence, what have you done with him there? You have not done enough. And some people will blame Rodgers. Uh, he missed a throw. He didn't run it in for a touchdown last year. But he has single-handedly carried this franchise on his back for over a decade. You consistently don't draft weapons in the first round. Instead of trading up last year to draft Justin Jefferson, you draft Jordan Love. A shame on the Green Bay Packers for not doing more and doing everything. Look what Tampa Bay did for Brady. They pretty much gave him anything and everything he asked for to set him up for an opportunity to win the Super Bowl, and he did. The Green Bay Packers have done the complete opposite of this for Aaron Rodgers. They've done a disservice. This Green Bay team has been the the lead horse in the NFC North division for over a decade. There's only been maybe a handful of times or less that they have not won the division. I don't blame Aaron Rodgers for saying enough is enough. You should be doing everything you possibly can to put a team around Aaron Rodgers. And because Aaron Rodgers isn't the Tom Brady type, doesn't live, breathe, sweat every ounce of football and wants to play till he's 50, he's shown you that he's not necessarily Tom Brady, but he's Aaron Rodgers and he continues to play at a high level. His off year is not really an off year. And then he comes back and shows you he's the MVP last year. I don't get Green Bay. They failed their fans. They failed Aaron Rodgers as far as I'm concerned. And at this point, like you said, Spence, if he has even a little bit of a decline, it's a complete failure by the Green Bay Packers front office. If you don't want to take their initial offer, which I, I maybe wouldn't have took, Spence, because the reason why, because I think you could get more. I think when you show interest that you're willing to move on and that you're willing to take the phone call, then you're going to start a bidding war. And that's where you can really take a King's ransom in this. And if Green Bay, the Green Bay Packers front office played that into their hands, they'd have the Denver Broncos, the San Francisco 49ers, and probably three other teams doing anything and everything they could to acquire Aaron Rodgers because they believe that Rodgers would cut the window down to win a Super Bowl immediately. They would cut the window to right now. So I think you could have a 49ers if you say, come back at them, say, we'll take the three, we'll take so-and-so. Even if they say no, now you're negotiating back and forth, and you could take a really big haul if you're open to the conversation. It seems like Green Bay completely shut it down. They're reporting they only took one phone call. I agree with you, Spence. I think this could be a cataclysmic mistake by the Green Bay Packers franchise. And when they do move on from Aaron Rodgers, or when he decides he's not going to show up and play for them anymore, they're going to be one of the worst teams in the entire league with nothing to show for it. And it's going to be a complete embarrassment. And the Green Bay Packers fans and fan base all across the globe are going to riot. No, yeah. Think about it. This is the best way to contextualize this. They've only gotten one Super Bowl out of Aaron Rodgers. And he's 37 years old. How, like, Pat Mahomes, by the time he's 37, will probably have, like, four rings, like, 
something more appropriate or, you know, maybe even to the level of Tom Brady, who knows, but one Super Bowl out of like one of the best quarterback who's ever taken the field. And he is stuck with them through thick and thin. I don't know why. I mean, I think he does have a true allegiance to the city, but the franchise, like, he's just getting tired of it. And I don't blame him at all. They have not drafted him a weapon in the first round in the past 10 years. It's very bizarre. I don't really know why they run the team the way they do. It's not conducive to winning Super Bowls, obviously. Spence, let's talk about some of the other highlights in the first round. The team that I thought the, made the biggest splash and the fan base should be excited. I'm even excited for them and, and their arrival of a team I used to root for, the Chicago Bears. They traded back in to the top 10 and they get Justin Fields, uh, which many will say one of the elite quarterbacks in this draft, going to be the face of that franchise for at least five to 10 years. And I think the Bears hit a home run here, Spence. Ryan Pace moves in to the top 10 to get this guy. I think he'll start from day one. And I think with some of the weapons like Tariq Cohen, like Robinson, uh, like Cole Komet, the tight end, I think Matt Nagy has not been been able to show uh, that he is an elite offensive mind. I don't know how elite he is, but I think he is really good coming from that Andy Reid, Kansas City tree. And I think with fields at his disposal, they're going to be able to use the short passing game, the play action game, and throw the ball deep. And I think Fields is going to have a chip on his shoulder, and I'm really excited to see what he can do in the Windy City. I think Bears fans are excited, and I think this was a fantastic move by Ryan Pace. Uh, as a former Vikings fan, I was – I think I told you this, Spence. I was willing to go back to the Vikings if they were able to land Justin Fields. Some of the reports by ESPN reporters uh, were talking that if Fields would have fell to 14, the Vikings would have pulled the trigger. The Bears did the smart thing. They moved up and they got their future franchise quarterback, the most talked about quarterback ever already before he's taken one snap in the Chicago Bears history. And I think it's great for the fan base and for the organization. Yeah, and I'll add the Chicago Bears. When I was talking about the Knicks earlier in the show on a team that is the league is just better when they're better. Just a big city, passionate fans. It's just more fun when they're in the mix. And I think for a long time that that Green Bay division has been a little blasé a little bit. The Vikings, of course, have made a little bit of noise, but it's been the Packers. And when the Packers and Bears, when you can look forward to that game on Monday night, I think that's a really, really nice thing. And Justin Fields will have all the opportunity in the world. It's probably, you know, one of the best fits for him. Matt Nagy is known as like an offensive guru, and he's just never had the opportunity to kind of open up the playbook. And now you can have just about anything. Now they're not going to have any, he did a lot of like a gap runs in Ohio state. He's not going to be doing none of that stuff anymore. And I think there will be a little bit of growing pains. I mean, this is a guy who doesn't have great pocket awareness. He's going to take a lot of bad sacks. He's has a little bit of troubles with anticipation. So I think interceptions may come, but next year, who cares really? Because the green Bay Packers, if they get Aaron Rodgers back some way, somehow they'll likely make the playoffs again. They'll win a couple of playoff games, so on and so forth. But Aaron Rodgers' days are numbered in Green Bay, if not this year, then soon. And the face of the that division, it could be Justin Fields. And I, I believe in him in the future, even if he has a less than stellar rookie season, because I think there's just going to be a lot of pressure on him. And who knows? I mean, they haven't really talked about, like, if he is the day one starter. I think a year off would be really, really good. I know Bears fans probably wouldn't allow that. But I think Justin Fields would benefit maybe even more than Trey Lance when it comes to learning Matt Nagy's offense and like sitting behind a solid veteran quarterback and Andy Dalton for the year to come out that next season, all, you know, guns a blazing, knows the playbook, knows the players. That would be really cool to see. But regardless, I agree with you. This is a great pickup for them. Probably the best pick in the draft objectively, because I hate when we look at drafts in retrospect and saying like, oh, that was the wrong move to do that. 
I think if you put yourself in position and a theoretical position, that's all you could ask for. We don't know what's going to happen when any, guys, when any of these guys touch the field. This is a W for them, no matter if he is the best quarterback for the Bears or the worst. you got to appreciate what they did to get their guy who they felt doubling down, by the way, on the fact that they traded up to get Mitchell Trubisky and it was a failure. And that's probably something they could not have predicted. And they've done it again. And they say, we don't care. If we make the same mistake twice, we think this is this person who we want to lead our franchise. Spence, you made a great point there. They did move up to get Trubisky and to move up again, a little bit of a risk. Uh, clearly the Vikings didn't see it coming because the report and the article is they were surprised that the Bears moved up to get him. And it would have been quite ironic if he would have fell and the Vikings would have pulled the trigger at 14. I, I think a lot of Vikings fans would have been uh, elated. I think it would have been a good fit for fields as well, but that's not the case. The Vikings, though, they did draft a quarterback in the third round, the second selection in the third third round, 66 overall, the Texas A&M quarterback, Kellen Mond. Uh, a lot of people said one of the steals of the draft because they thought this guy on some people's boards was a top five quarterback, if not the first quarterback out of the top five. He gives you the run pass dynamic. He's got a very strong arm, and he's going to have a chance to sit for at least a year or two uh, with no pressure with Kirk Cousins as a starter, I think it's a great opportunity for the Vikings to maybe develop this young guy. And if Kirk Cousins can't get you deep into the playoffs, maybe give this kid an opportunity after a couple years of sitting, which will be a great opportunity for him to get acclimated and learn from a savvy NFL veteran like Kirk Cousins. And you have a lot of pros, pros in that locker room on the offensive and defensive side. Uh, you've got some nice stability uh, at the head coach if they have success this year. But I like what the Vikings did in the draft. Uh, they moved back. They acquired a couple third-round picks and still got a nice tackle, Christian Derrissaw to Virginia Tech. And they drafted uh, a kid from Ohio State at guard, also late in the third round, hoping to solidify that offensive line, a, a place of contention and trouble over the past few years. They're hoping to stitch that up a little bit and give Cousins some more time in the pocket. If you can give him a lot of time, I think that offense could open up even more. And you're talking about an offense potentially that can score 30-plus points a game easily if this offensive line shakes out to be as good or improved as some of the, the experts are saying. Spence, of course, I want to talk about the Niners at the third pick. We talked about it. I talked about it for a month, for a month, for over a month. I call complete BS on this Mac Jones thing. It absolutely turned out how I thought it would. And it, to check out my reaction live, I, I simulcasted my live reaction with the draft. You could go to my YouTube channel, Brad the Believer, and check out uh, me patting myself on the back again as it was all a smokescreen. The Niners did the right thing. They took the guy with the higher ceiling and Trey Lance. And I think they're in a great situation. They don't have to rush Trey Lance into the lineup. Jimmy Garoppolo has already reached out to this kid. Uh, Garoppolo, like we talked about, Spence, this guy was a Super Bowl uh, participant for the 49ers at the quarterback position less than three seasons ago. He's had some injuries, win healthy. We're talking about a very talented roster that could complete compete for one of the top seeds in the entire NFC. And I think it's a perfect situation. You don't have to rush him into it and see what Garoppolo can do with a little bit of fire underneath him and hopefully some health and some other guys that stay healthy on that roster. I think it's a good move by San Francisco, uh, getting a guy that's going to be your future and a guy that has a very high ceiling with what Kyle Shanahan can do. Yeah, and I, I think what the reality of the situation was, was something in between what you were saying and what the media was saying in that I don't think Kyle Shanahan wanted to move up in this draft at third overall. I think he was content with letting Mac Jones slip because he knew they would. And he had still had a pretty high pick, 
think he would have been fine taking him where they are, not giving up any draft picks to take him. Because again, I didn't mention this before the draft. He knows that he will. He would know the playbook in and out. He's not going to do try to do anything crazy. Chuck the ball up in the air, close his eyes. He knows how to make the deep ball pass. He's one of the most accurate deep ball passers in the country, if not the most accurate. But when you move up to three, you just can't give up three first round picks for Mac Jones. He's just not that good. And he may have been outvoted in the front office. And you see what players like uh, Pat Mahomes do, where you know it's the the mobile quarterback with the good arm and. We just don't know much about Trey Lance, which is good that he's going to be able to sit a year. I said that's one of the most important things for his career because if Trey Lance went to the Broncos, he would probably get creamed like completely because he's just not ready to go out there. Probably no better system to learn how to play quarterback than Kyle Shanahan because his offense, much like John Gruden's, is, is very much like, hey, pass it here, okay? <laughs> and like that's how you make the play. The only thing that those coaches can't do is physically throw the ball. Uh, so – I think it's fine. I think Trey Lance could be a good quarterback, and I think he'll have a fine time in his rookie season. And if if it doesn't work out for them, it'll be one of the biggest flops in NFL. Well, maybe not NFL history, but certainly it'll be one of the biggest flops if they don't win a Super Bowl, either with Jimmy Garoppolo this year or in the next like three years with Trey Lance. Uh, Spence, if you could think of it off the top of your head, uh, including the draft and the offseason, which team helped themselves to be the most improved or to really uh, make a statement coming in into this next season? Yeah, this is going to seem obvious and it kind of is, but it's probably the um, uh, who the first overall pick, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, quit last season, they're running the action out of the back of the end zone during their really bad blowout losses. So uh, they're just going to be a completely new team next year. And I think they are actually quite talented. I think they have a very desirable desirable roster if you're a GM from top to bottom, considering their young talent and what they have going out there. So uh, I don't know if they're probably not going to make the playoffs. It's probably too big of an expectation, but I don't think this was a team changing draft. I don't think there are any all pro caliber players. You could say Jamar Chase, but he's just, it's hard to say. Like sometimes small frame guys like Justin Jefferson or translate easily. They become all pro in their rookie season. Sometimes just not. We'll have to see. But other than I would say like Jamar Chase, and maybe Panay Sewell, like hitting that all pro list at some point in their career. Trevor Lawrence, maybe, would probably be another one of those guys. But there's a lot of sol- solid found out foundation of a player. So we're going to talk about who made the biggest leap. It's probably the ones who got the best player in the draft, and that's the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, you're spot on there, Spence. And just like we talked about the NBA, exciting to watch uh, with some of these young superstars and studs in the NFL. As we continue to follow this offseason coming into the 2021 season, a team like Jacksonville and some other teams uh, are going to be so fun to watch. In the NFL, the parity gap is going to continue to close as teams are going to be more and more competitive. And it's going to be more and more exciting to watch as we have that extended playoff spot and an extra game in the regular season. For Spencer Ostrowski, I'm Brad Restituto. We'll see you back at the rest stop same time on Thursday, 9 to 10 Pacific time. Have a great night. We'll see you back on Thursday. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. 
No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.